0: Please stand and join me in the call to worship. We gather here this morning to worship God. We come to open ourselves to the power of God's presence in our midst. We come to offer up the seasons and the turnings in
1: our lives and to ask God's help in our learning and in our growing.
0: Good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church this morning. It's a joy to be here and to share together with uh, each of you. We do have a number of guests. Some are here uh, because we have a guest preacher today, really not a guest preacher, well, he's a guest preacher, but he's not a guest attender, he's a member here. So I'm gonna speak more to that shortly, but uh, those who are friends of uh, Dr. Hobson are here and we're glad that you're here, but there are others that are here also. There are people who have joined us today maybe you've um, found yourself in Birmingham and you're here to worship with us today and we're glad that you're here and those who are uh, members too we've all gathered here for one purpose and that is to worship the one true and living God. Southside Baptist Church is in the heart of Five Point South. Building an inclusive community of grace first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by welcoming all who come into these doors as though we are, and which we are, an extension of Christ because Christ is within us. We want also to welcome each of you by passing the peace of Christ. So if you would take a moment and speak to those uh, around you, just say to them, May the peace of Christ be with you, and welcome them today. Welcome again to Southside. For those who are new here, howdy. And for those who are members here or regular folk, how y'all doing? (laughs) Bow your heads while I pray for peace. Lord, you give me rest and lead me beside quiet streams. Thank you for helping me to hear your gentle voice. Thank you for helping me to be able to follow you to the quiet streams. Lord, you say your ways are ways of pleasantness and all your paths are peace. Thank you that you want to guide me to a new level of peace. I ask for a greater sense of your enormous love for me, and I also ask to feel your pleasure as I draw closer to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. first lesson from scripture for today is Psalm 24. we will be reading all of this Psalm. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, his savior, such as the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Here ends our first lesson from Scripture.
1: John chapter 3 begins with Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, and it ends with John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus. Between Nicodemus and John the Baptist, John gives a theological summary of his gospel, and that's found in John 3, 16 through 21. This morning I'll be reading two verses, John 3, 16 and 17. I was a pastor for many years, and I never preached from this text. This is the first time in my ministry that I'm preaching from this text. I really don't think you preach John 3.16. It preaches itself. It's got a message in itself, and it's complete. What I'm going to try to do in this homily is just illustrate God's love. Our text is John three sixteen and 17. If you're willing, would you stand for the reading of the gospel? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord.
0: be seated hello there how are you all today doing okay everybody doing well so uh what you had a good week real good week Just still enjoying the summer right everything you get to do in the summer well um i want to talk to you today about the very thing that dr hobson just read about and that is about god's love now, you know, we have a lot of ways that we show love, right? How do we show each other we love, love them? Anybody? You tell them? Maybe, maybe, maybe you give them something. What do you, Abby, what do you do for your grandma to let her know you love her? What do you do for your grandma to let her know you love her? You tell her, maybe you do good, nice things or whatever do you know we don't always know where that love comes from do we you know we we know we're supposed to love one another well i want to ask see if you can help me you know we talk about god's love for us i need some help can you show me the beginning of this right here where's the beginning of this what's the beginning and what's the end it could be either end right but there is a beginning and end. now you put them together and there's not but there's an end there right there's a beginning now, if you put them together, you make a circle, and it doesn't look as though there's there is one, right, there's Charlie? There's not one, is there? Yes,
2: there's no end, there's no beginning, because both there's like there's nothing that starts a beginning or an end.
0: That's right, like and Charlie, we've missed you. You haven't been. You were here last week, but I, I didn't get to do the children's lesson. And it's been about well, it's been several months, maybe a year. It hadn't been that long though. You were here at Christmas, I think, somewhere around then, weren't you? What? Okay, I thought that was right. Well, let me ask you something else. You found the beginning and the end, and you made a beginning and end. What about, can you find one with this? Can you find a beginning or end of that? Take and look at it.
2: Because there's nothing to like that sticks out to be a beginning or an end. There's nothing that like, sticks out it, to be an end or, or an end.
0: And, or a beginning. There's no. There's nothing that starts yes. it or nothing that ends it. Well, maybe that would be, If you put them on each end of that, of that, yeah, it would be wouldn't it? beginning and end. So, well, maybe maybe it's this. Maybe it's just too small. Maybe you can see the beginning and end of this. And can you see a beginning and end on this? No way. You can't. Why not? Janet, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, you could maybe mark a place and say, well, that's the beginning, but really it's round, right? The blue is the end? it could be that way but there's on the other side too so it's really sort of confusing isn't it oh, yeah. so end. so there's really no beginning and end now unlike uh dr hobson's homily when he preaches there's going to be a beginning and an ending a starting and an ending right so that's always reassuring to everybody when we preach that there's a starting place and an ending place and it's not too much in between so time-wise lots of substance but not much time so what I want to talk to you about is the fact that love we do a lot of things to show people we love them look at these flowers out here walk around there and look at the flowers there Millicent look at those flowers those flowers were given by someone's sister because they wanted to remember them on their birthday which is tomorrow Miss who sat right back there about where Cleve is sitting, Mr. Cleve is sitting right now. And she would always wear a hat and she would always give out peppermints. And her sister wanted to remember her on her birthday because she loved her sister and still loves her and she loves this church. So we do things, but there's no beginning and no end to that love, the love of God. And God says he is love. So as we go, about today, and we think about the people we share with, our our family and friends, to know that God says we are to love each other, even as he's loved us, and there's no beginning and no ending to that love that he has, okay? Let's offer prayer and give God thanks for that, okay? Lord, we thank you. Hmm? Okay, Let's, let's offer prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for this day, and for each of these young people that are here. May you bless them, and may they know that you do love them, and that your love does have no beginning and no end. In your name, I pray. Amen. There okay, you, you go. Give it to your, Give it to your granddad. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, I wanted to um, just say a word about um, our friend that will be preaching today and fellow church member. Um, We do welcome Dr. Henry Hobson to the pulpit today, and he is one of our own, having been a member here almost 15 years. He um, holds degrees from Sanford University, Bachelor of Science from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, where I also attended. So. uh, uh, we learned things along the way about each other, uh, but then uh, a master of theology there, but then at Southern Seminary, he received the doctor of ministry and also uh, completed residency in clinical pastoral education with Baptist Health System. Dr. Hobson is um, currently a chaplain with AllaCare Home Health Care Hospice, but prior to that time, he served as pastor for 22 years and also for the last 23 has been a chaplain uh, in the Birmingham area uh, for those years. Native of Birmingham, I guess, grew up in Tarrant, right? Where? Out in Tarrant? Where? Started in Tarrant and Center Point. And so he's uh, homegrown, and also we are delighted that we're able to call him our own. Has two daughters and three grandchildren. And after we pray today, we'll hear Dr. Hobson prayerfully as he comes to break the bread of life for us. Let's bow together. Loving Lord, we come before you today. We come here with grateful hearts, with humble hearts. For you have created us, you've loved us, you've redeemed us. And as we gather here, we know that you're here with us. Oh Lord, we do adore you with all that we are. And in reverence, we come before you to give thanks. Thanks to be here in this place with our brothers and sisters. We give thanks that you hear our prayers as we, your people, gather in your name. We thank you, Lord, that you're unchanging, the same today as you were yesterday and will be forever. We thank you, Lord, for your concern for all things in our lives, even the small things. We thank you for your patience with us when we learn slowly. We thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love, for the care and comfort you bring in times of sorrow and pain and hardship. We do give thanks for those who have heard your call to ministry and to service and ask that you would continue to bless them. We thank you today that this one will be able to come and share and to use his gifts and abilities and talents, those things that you have blessed him with and have called him to engage his life in. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would bless all the efforts of service in your kingdom's work, whether here or around the world, that the efforts will, that are made will bring forth great and bountiful fruit. We also come with concerns for various ones in our congregation and those that are a part of our extended family, many who have lost loved ones and who are grieving today, those who find it difficult because of this one who held such an important place in their life is no longer there. We pray also for those who are recovering from operations and for various other procedures and just need to know that you are there and that your presence with them will bring healing that their body needs. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bring to those of us who need a sense of wholeness and reconciliation with you to experience that in a mighty way. We do pray, Lord, also for all those in various places of leadership and government, whether it be locally or in our state, nationally and around the world. They would understand the great weight of what they do and how it affects those that we live with and walk with daily. The way they live their lives and the things that they hope for and how they might be engaged in their life's work as well. Lord, may they... granted wisdom and may the exercise that oh lord grant renew within all of us a right spirit oh lord give us faith and courage to listen to that voice that nudges us in ways that we should go and things that we should say and opportunities that we have to stand for what is right may we have the courage to do so now lord as we gather and offer our prayers may you hear your family your children who are here as we pray even as Jesus taught his disciples to pray saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: A few years ago, there was an animated film about a boy learning to walk. He was young and was taking him a little time to learn how to walk, but he walked in a very different way than everyone else. He learned to walk on his hands. By walking on his hands, it gave him a different perspective. He saw the world differently from everyone else. He saw things that other people didn't notice but he did. He learned to walk on his hands and he was walking well on his hands. As you can imagine, his parents got concerned. They were afraid he would be a misfit. People would make fun of him. So they took him to a medical doctor, then a psychiatrist, then a psychologist. Gradually, the boy learned to walk on his feet like everyone else this little parable illustrates that conformity is a high priority in our society and also conformity is a high priority in theology and the church i've always said where everyone thinks alike no one thinks very much when we come to the gospel of john the gospel of john has a unique perspective The Gospel of John does not conform to early Christian thinking. John represents a unique perspective on the early Christian faith. John is radically different from the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And synoptic only means seeing together. Basically, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the same story. Now, John tells a story of Jesus, but he tells it in an entirely different way. John has his own unique perspective, and some have called the Gospel of John a maverick gospel. It is true that John was written late, toward the end of the first century. At this time, the Christian faith had moved out of Judaism into the Greek and Gentile world. So John was trying to make the gospel relevant for his contemporary day. And I think that's a challenge we have of every generation to make the gospel relevant to today. And we may have to think in different ways in order to do that. John did not hesitate about thinking in different ways. And his unique perspective gives us the gift of the scripture I read just a moment ago, John three sixteen. Henry Morehouse was a minister in England in the 19th century. He started preaching at age 16. He died at age 33. He one time was invited by D.L. Moody to preach in Moody's church in Chicago and Henry had accepted the invitation. He moved from London, to Chicago and he preached in Moody's church he preached on the love of God and the people responded so positively to the message that D.L. Moody then was influenced in the direction of preaching on the love of God rather than the wrath of God but here is what is unusual about Henry Morehouse the first sermon he ever preached was on John three sixteen. The last sermon he ever preached was on John 3.16. All sermons in between had the same text, John 3.16. He always used John 3.16 as a text, and I suppose he had good reason. You cannot go wrong with the message of John 3.16. John 3.16 was the first scripture I memorized as a child in Sunday school. Martin Luther said John 3.16 is the gospel in miniature. Others have called John 3.16 everybody's text. There was a pastor who was driving down a country road in South Alabama. As he was driving down the road, he noticed a barn over on the side of the road. It was an old barn and the barn had a sign painted on it. And the sign read, Kathy, I love you. Kathy, I love you. Well, the pastor was amused and he thought there must be a young man deeply in love with a girl by the name of Kathy. About a month later, he was driving down that same country road. He was looking forward to seeing the sign on the barn, but to his disappointment, The old barn had been torn down, and he was sorely disappointed. He continued to drive, and about a mile down the road, he saw a large piece of plywood leaned against a tree, and a sign painted on that plywood, and the plywood read, Kathy, I still love you. John 3.16 is like that message. It is a message that God loves us, and it shows up everywhere. I've been the pastor of three different churches for a period of 22 years. I was pastor of First Baptist Sullivan in Northwest Alabama, then to Kentucky, First Baptist Russellville, Kentucky, and back down to Birmingham, to First Baptist Church of Chalkville. I've been a hospital chaplain and a hospice chaplain. And I'll have to say that as a chaplain, I've been asked questions I cannot answer. People ask some very difficult questions and questions that I just can't answer. Why is there so much suffering in the world? Why do I suffer? Does it hurt to die? What is it like to die? I have no answer to those questions. But the question that I'm most frequently asked is a different kind of question. And the question that I most frequently ask is this. Could God love someone like me? Could God really love someone like me? And I have the answer to that question. And the answer to that question is John 3.16. Some years ago, Bennett Serf was a publisher at Random House. He was on a television program serving on a panel. And the panel was discussing, what do you fear most? And they discussed a lot of fears about society. And the panel came up with the answer to the question being nuclear war. Bennett Cerf hadn't said very much at all. So the moderator turned to him and said, Mr. Cerf, what is your greatest fear? And he thought for a minute and he said, this is gonna sound trivial to you all. But my greatest fear is not being loved. Many people wonder if anyone loves them. If anyone cares, does anyone care? Does anyone love me? John 3.16 declares that God loves all. Now you've got to remember this was a revolutionary message during the first century. During the first century... The higher religions of Hellenism completely divorced God from human involvement. The Stoics believed that God was apathetic. The Epicureans believed that God was detached. He was withdrawn from the world. The Gnostics believed that God was fatalistic. In other words, the world was an evil place. And God was powerless to do anything about the evil in the world. And God gave the world over to evil. The Gnostics believe God was powerless. But here the Apostle John comes along. And he declares a God that is involved with the world. A God who is present, active and identifies with human beings and with human misery. The message of John 16 is very clear. There's no misunderstanding it. The message of John 3.16 is, you are loved. Now, as Tim mentioned a moment ago, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. I grew up in a very conservative, even fundamentalist, evangelistic church. I made a profession of faith at 12 years old during the revival, and I can still remember parts of that sermon, an evangelist preached a sermon that Sunday entitled, Hell Fenced In. And I'll have to be honest with you, it scared the hell out of me. The evangelist told the story about a home with a pot-bellied stove. A child wandered over to the stove, touched it, and was burned. And then the parents decided to build a small small fence around that stove to protect any other children who may wander that way. Now, this was a powerful and fearful story, and it had an effect on me. And during the invitation, I ran to the front of the church and said to my pastor, Simply this, I don't want to go to hell. Now this was the context of the Christian faith in my home church. That was the kind of Christian faith that I grew up with. This context is what Marcus Borg calls the heaven and hell framework of the gospel. Karl Barth said, theology begins with the nature of God. And he went on to talk about the nature of God and said, the nature of God is love. And he said, God is with us, God is for us, God is never against us. Bart was one time asked by a newspaper reporter, what was the most profound truth he had discovered in his studies? And Bart simply said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I want to contend that the primary framework for our faith is not the heaven and hell framework. It is the God so loved framework. And that is the message of the church. And that's what we have to offer the world. We have God's love to offer the world. And we have our love to offer the world. During the middle ages, A priest announced that he was going to preach a sermon on the love of God on Good Friday night. That evening, the congregation gathered as it was growing dark in the church. The priest entered the sanctuary. He entered the sanctuary carrying a candle, and that's all. He stopped for a moment in front of the church and looked at the people who were present, didn't say a word, walked over to a life-size statue of Jesus on the cross and he lifted up that candle and held it under the crown of thorns, the wounds on Jesus' side, hands and feet. And without saying a word, he had delivered his message on the love of God. Now the psalmist describes a human condition as man in a pit of mire and clay. As he is sinking, pleasure comes by and says, enjoy yourself. Morality comes by and says, improve yourself. Philosophy comes by and says, think for yourself. Psychology comes by and says, understand yourself. Religion comes by and says, save yourself. Then Jesus comes by and what does Jesus do? Jesus gets into the pit with us, and he lifts us out. From sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hands, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. Back several years ago, my mother died. She died at 86 years old. She lived a good life. She was active all of her life up until about the last month. And she had fallen and cracked her hip and had to have some surgery, and then she was in a nursing home for rehabilitation for 21 days. She seemed to be doing fine. Now, I remember one night I went by to visit with her, and I was sitting talking to her. Then in a few minutes, she grew very, very quiet. And I told her, I said, Mother, it's time for me to go. So I got up to leave. When I got up to leave, my mother said, Henry, I love you. And I said, Mother, I love you. I walked to the end of the bed. And Mother said, Henry, I love you. And I said, Mother, I love you. Then I walked over to the door and reached for the door handle to go out. And she said it a third time. She said, Henry, I love you. I said, Mother, I love you. Now, it was not unusual for my mother to tell me that she loved me. She told me that all the time. But I knew something was going on and wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I went back over and sat by the bed beside her. She didn't say anything else the rest of the night. And she finally fell off to sleep, and about 10 o'clock, I left. and went home the next morning i got a call from my brother that my mother had died my mother gave me a gift she gave me a dying gift she gave me a dying gift of love and i'll always remember that gift she gave me and jesus dying gift to us was god's love romans 5 8 says but god shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There was a 16-year-old boy in Chicago who became homeless during the Depression. He wandered the streets. One day he was walking down the street and he was met on the street by a kindly man who directed him to the Pacific Garden Mission. The man told the boy to knock on the front door, and when they opened the door, tell the people who opened the door, John 3.16. The kindly man said to the boy, that's all you have to do. Just say to the people who opened the door, John 3.16. Well, the boy went to the address, found the mission, walked up to the door, knocked on it. The door opened, and he said, John 3.16. And there the boy found compassion. The compassion was expressed by a tub of warm water, a plate filled with food, a bed for the night. The next day he was walking down the street looking for a job and he ran into a friend and he told his friend what happened. And he said to his friend, everything is different now. Because of John 3:16. And the friend scratched his head and asked, "What does John 3:16 mean?" And the boy said, "I don't know, but John 3:16 makes a dirty boy clean, a hungry boy full, and a tired boy strong." And John 3:16 tells us, "For God so loved the world. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of love. We read in the Bible that you are a God of love. We experience you as a God of love. And we pray that this can be our primary message, our primary message to the world. That all people are loved and that you are a God of love. Speak to our hearts this morning we thank you that there is faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now the hymn of promise is hymn number 550. Hymn number 550.
0: join me in prayer help us to be generous givers dear lord both of our money and our lives that we might make a difference in this community and beyond we ask this through your son our savior jesus christ who gave all that he
1: was that we might know life in all of its fullness amen
0: lord we bring these tithes and offerings into your house we ask O oh lord that you would bless them and that they might be used to let others know that you do love them for you have loved all even to giving your own son amen you be seated for just a moment please we want to welcome all of our guests that are here today those who uh, have wandered this way and those who've come to uh be here to support Henry and Henry we do thank you for today's sermon it's great to be reminded of that uh, familiar text that we um, I guess probably all all of us learned that as our first memory verse but uh, it is a it is great to be reminded of that and to share together I did have I do have to tell you this so looking out you know um, I asked Henry I said you know people look a little bit different when you're up there people don't always know how they look how, what expressions are on their faces out there sometimes there's no expression Sometimes, <laughs> but uh, that's better no expression is rather better than one of um, a little bit uh, bewilderment or anger <laughs> So, but anyway we're uh, glad that everyone was here to be able to share today and thank you again I do want to call attention to the flowers again uh, beautiful flowers buddy thank you for doing these for uh, Frida Fulmer in and, and memory of her sister Florian Campbell who passed away a number of years back, I guess it's three years, three, two years. Uh, She would be 95 tomorrow. And so we wanna uh, remember her and you know, you can't, she was such a distinctive uh, persona you you couldn't forget her if you'd ever met her. So uh, we do celebrate uh, with the memory of her, with her sister and with all of you too. This week's activities are uh, again no Wednesday evening activities, but we will have Thursday evening um, uh, Bible, st- actually contemplative service and the men's Bible study. There is an event on Wednesday that uh, we'd like to invite all those who would who would like to go and have lunch uh, up at the club and then go to the Vulcan Park and Museum. Uh, please call me or call the church office. And let us know if you'll be able to go, and we will make arrangements for that. Uh, just call and uh, give whoever's at the front desk your name and what time you will be here. So we'll know that if you're late, we're going to leave you, if you're too late. So uh, as we uh, prepare to go out, may you receive the blessing of the Lord now. And now, O oh Lord, we ask that each of us here, as we go out, might experience the love that you are. Make, we experience also the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, And may we also experience the warm spirit of fellowship that we share together as brothers and sisters. Amen.